0: Two to Five Cats,
1: Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And
0: this is episode 44. We, 44. 44. So <laughs> 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 We are face to face, socially distanced on the back porch again today. So uh, you may hear rustling leaves, airplanes, fire trucks, hawks.
1: I don't know. Maybe a cicada like <laughs> in episode 43. <laughs> <laughs> I think its name is Clover.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that name for it. Oh. It's, it's the one of many cicadas that live in the yard. Maybe it's one of the ones we rescued from the house. Could be. Could be. <laughs> but we are so glad that you are joining us, listening in from wherever you may be listening from. We are so excited, and I hope in my heart of hearts that you are also listening and excited because you know what what it is? What? September 2nd. Dude, it totally
1: is. And
0: you know what that means?
1: Yeah. What does it mean? It means it's it's pretty much fall.
0: Oh, it's not pretty much fall, baby. It is fall. I mean, <laughs> it's
1: pretty much fall. As far <laughs> as I
0: am concerned, fall starts September first. <laughs> I mean, I'm I've, I think I've mentioned in past um, episodes around summer, especially that I tend to be a the season changes when the weather changes, and when I feel like it's fall, it's fall. And, <laughs> And it was such a hot hot and dry summer that the last couple of days of, like, mid-70s degree weather during the day and, like, even it, the, some of the leaves have started changing
1: in the yard already. And it, it's fall, man. We're here. It is. Yeah. No, the weather's been nice. It's been much milder than it has been. The sun is not quite so brutally hot anymore. Yeah. You know, it hits this point every year, and I'm always like, no, I'm not ready, but then I'm like, maybe I am ready.
0: <laughs> I spend most of August just counting down the day. Being like, is today the day? No. Is today the day? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because I am I am such a seasonal person in like not only like my wardrobe, but my beverage habits, my coffee habits, like my whole mood and vibe shifts like what I'm into my media consumption like even the music I listen to everything shifts according to the seasons and man I am so ready to shift into fall <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what we're not going to forget today what's that we're not going to forget to light our ritual because <laughs> it's in your fucking hand it's in my hand and here it will live all right let's every intro of le- this episode let's do it <laughs>
0: There we go. <laughs>
2: you guys are cheating
0: now. <laughs> nah, the the well, first match fuck. strike, the match broke. <laughs> we, all, we all heard it.
2: Didn't we, dear listener?
0: <laughs> we sure did. Uh, well, While you light that, uh, I, will, I will share happily and unashamedly how much I love fall in that I, at 37, still have my first day of school outfit. I have always loved um, school shopping. I love stationery. I love fresh sharpened pencils. I love like new sneakers. It was the only time a year as a kid I ever got new shoes was for essentially for school in the fall. And I loved everything about it. Felt like starting fresh, starting new. Something exciting was going to happen. And I was going to become a whole new person this year at school. (laughs) Whatever it might have been. But... I always looked forward to and loved and took great care in like, picking out my first day of school outfit. And so, I don't know, maybe we have some listeners that are headed back to school, whether you're, you know, reskilling as an adult or um, maybe you're in college or whatever. It might be your situation. Maybe you've got a first day of school outfit. And if you don't, even if you're not going back to school, I highly recommend getting one. Like, pick a day that you're like, today is my first day of school outfit. Maybe it's the first day after Labor Day. Maybe it's, you know, the first day after the actual fall equinox. Mine is a burgundy jumper that I bought in May and have been saving. Wow. I've got a burgundy jumper and matching burgundy chucks. And I have been saving these since June.
2: (laughs) 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 To be clear, Ronnie, Engineer Dan over here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you say you still have your first back-to-school outfit, you're talking yes. about the... You, have, you still hold the, the tradition of yes, that. Yes, you're yes, yes, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Because that would be weird. <laughs> I, I do remember, though, uh, that my last boy into this, but I do remember, I, I... Grade 7, so the high school I went to was both junior high and senior high, all lumped into high school. And so going from elementary to high school, I had a red waffle shirt this was in the 90s so I had yes, a red dude. waffle shirt uh with the like a henley i think they're called with the buttons yeah i think they are called henley's yeah. with the buttons yes yeah. i had one of those i had a pair of um, sort of tweed shorts that were brown and white and red and a pair of brown deck shoes and i thought i looked like hot shit what are deck shoes um Oh God! I don't. They're they're boating shoes. They're brown like, leather oh, like slip
1: on like slip on they're sort not, of thing. They're not like
0: loafers. They're laced. They're they're boat sh- boat shoes. I guess would oh. be the best thing I could call them. We called them deck shoes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you
1: Americans call them. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what they are. So. <laughs>
0: Well, they were brown, and they were leather, and they were very popular
1: in the mid-90s, and, and I felt awesome. I'm sure you looked <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I was a big flannel gal. Flannel and like wife beaters was what I liked to wear the most, probably in the 90s. Uh, yeah, I was,
0: uh, I, I was not a grunge kid. I, I sort of skirted the line between grunge and preppy. But
1: okay, yeah. I mean, I definitely had my preppy moments. I went through quite a few phases. Oh uh, yeah, in same. Fair, fair, years, fair. But, <laughs> but if I were going to dress like I did in the '90s during any one of those phases, I would definitely go back to the tank top and flannel.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I would. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to not do just for the pure fun of it the trench coat, fishnets, combat boot <laughs> <laughs> phase. <laughs> that was not. Not long-lived, but it was fun. Uh, but yeah, I still practice the first day of school outfit tradition because I love everything about fall. I love the feeling of like the heat and the weight of summer being over and I'm ready to start the cycle all over again and i'm I'm ready for it. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go <laughs> before we jump into. Our topic
1: of the day. Lindsay, how are you kitties? The kitties are great. Uh Pterodactyl has been pretty social lately, which is nice because she's such an independent little woman that it's always a treat when she wants to hang out with you. So that she's is nice. been Fairly, I mean, not like super social, but fairly social, and wanting to come and hang out and get like chin scratches. Mister, on the other hand, has been quite the dickhead. Oh no! Yeah, we've gone from. I think he's just like turning into a grouchy old man at this point. He's got to be like. I can't even remember when we got him, but he's probably around like ten. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's like pushing be, between pushing nine the, and the edge 11. of senior citizen. <laughs> Yeah, so he's kind of like a grouchy old man. We've gone from don't touch me when I'm sleeping to don't touch me when I'm laying down. And then we play the don't touch me game. Which is? Which is the like, he will move his body so that if I put my hand near him, he is going to fuck me up. (laughs) 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 And he will grab and he will draw towards his face and he will bite and kick. Oh, it's the kicking that gets me.
0: Kenway does this every once in a while. And the biting, he he never bites hard enough to break skin. And he'll grab a hold with his front hands. But the back pedal kick thing will
1: shred my arm. It's awful. It is awful. It's awful. So, (laughs) of course, I do it to mess with him. Of course, I'm (laughs) just like, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> you live on my bed I feed you like yes this is your house but it's more my house because I pay for it so I'm going to touch you if I want to <laughs>
0: <laughs> well maybe he's just feeling the the full moon coming on or the change in the seasons Could be. maybe his rickety old cat bones are like pressure drop and he's feeling grumpy yeah it could be <laughs> it could be well, we have a delightful episode today. We did a little exploring in the yard, and I can't wait to come back. We're going to take a, a short break, but when we do come back, we're going to talk all about our witch garden. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, kind of excited uh, to talk about this. Excited, I guess, isn't the right word, because this is a little bit more of like a d- a close-to-home personal exploration episode. So hang tight. We'll be right back
1: to talk all about the Witch Garden. Totally, dude. We will see you soon, witches.
0: Welcome back! Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all thanks! Alright, so... I guess the best place to start today's little chat is what is a witch garden because uh, I think it's important to sort of set the stage and explain what not just a witch garden is but specific to this particular topic and, and story. Uh, what is our witch garden here at uh, the big red house that engineer Dan and I live in? What is that space all about and why the hell are we talking about it in the first place?
1: True, dude. Yeah. Uh, somebody else's witch garden may be completely different than this one. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This is not the only one I have in the yard, I guess. I have a uh, also a garden that has witchy things in it. But uh, long story short, I had a plot of land in the corner of our very, yard, very large yard.
2: <laughs> Tongue
0: twister. Uh, <laughs> that had a vegetable garden in it once upon a time. So several years ago, uh, I did plant a vegetable garden there and it just wasn't a great spot for a veggie garden. It's very shady. It's surrounded almost completely by trees. And we moved the veggies, but left all of the nice soil there. And it's also because it's a quiet and serene and sheltered, very private part of the yard... Um, when our former cat, our princess Puddles, Daphne, passed a few years ago, that's where we chose to bury her. And once you bury one pet in a spot, that tends to be where you bury the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there is a uh, some sort of lizard. That one of our neighbors had oh um some sort of bearded dra- bearded dragon oh lizard, bearded dragon Sadie oh I love bearded dragons yeah so dragons. bearded dragon named Sadie has joined the area and that is where we buried Nimbus as well this summer
1: yeah sweet Nimbipoo.
0: so it's sort of this been this wild area of the yard where random shit just grows and that's been the m- wonderful magical. Part of it is that's where the mugwort first appeared or f- when we first realized what it was. It's covered in English ivy on the back end. Daffodils just randomly grow there in the spring. And crocuses and uh, white vervin which has this cool um, sort of dusky silvery mold that naturally grows on it in the fall. And so you have this sort of like... Shoulder high for me at five foot four. <laughs> Shoulder high flowered plant uh, with these big leaves that they all turn silver at the same time. And it's like kind of walking through this like m- just a magical gardeny place. The bees have loved it and it's been wonderful until this year.
1: <laughs> until this year. Now, to be fair, we are in the middle of a drought. So it yes. hasn't gotten much water uh, it, it it also hasn't gotten a ton of attention, probably because we are in a drought and and you know you guys you guys did end up using some of the dirt back there to put into some raised beds. Yes, this yep. year. Yeah,
0: so sort of where this stems from is that it's kind of usually the magical place where you'd go to like get a good vibe and be like, yeah, I'm going to go, like, just be in the witch garden and be with the spirits of my, like, loved ones or, in this case, cats. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just, like, really it felt harmonious. And The harmony is off. The vibe is wrong.
1: It does feel a little weird over there. Not as many things grew over there this year as they they have in previous years. Like,
0: almost nothing. And it's so weird. And I feel... Like, some of that is my doing. And I did lay down some cardboard so I could have a nice little clear path uh, to get to the Daphne bush. Because we planted a Daphne bush where Daphne is buried. And we did remove some dirt from the area, like you said, to put in the raised beds, which further disturbed things. But that was back in, like, mm, April?
1: May? Yeah, it was several months ago mm-hmm. at this point, and it wasn't a huge space that you took dirt from. No,
0: we we took like 16, prob- in total, probably 16 cubic feet. Yeah. Or less, maybe even less. Which isn't a small amount of dirt, but it's also not like we dug up the entire thing. True. And in its space, in that hole, we filled it in with um, yard trimmings, essentially, so... Uh, different things from like, you know, when I took the things out of the summer garden, uh, cleaned up like the old zucchini vines and that sort of stuff, That's they went into that hole. Sort of like to cultivate a little bit of a compost without having food bits in the yard.
1: Absolutely. And in the, in respects to that, I would feel like giving that sort of thing back to that space that you took from would be enough to please the earth, to allow things to continue growing around you
0: there. Yeah. I mean, you'd think so except nothing fucking grew. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole space did get some frequent use this summer and was very disturbed. And we did add a soul to it. But yeah, it just like, I don't know. It's this empty sort of sad space. And Lindsay and I walked through it earlier today and what really struck me as interesting was in the space itself, in the sort of garden bed it felt very sad and empty and because there's been a drought all of the lower leaves of the mugwort patch are all gnarly and brown and decaying there's some tar spots on the maple leaves and the tree behind it which is a perfectly natural fungus that happens but it just felt sick or sad or diseased or something but then you, Lindsay, got the, like, the whim, the pull, I'm not sure, uh, but you were like, I'm going to go back here. <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> pushed through all the grossness to get to the very back edge where all of the English ivy grows.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just, like, this feeling, because we were we were standing there in the witch garden, and it was like, oh, this is really just, it feels kind of sad over here. And looking back along the fence, you could see all of this English ivy growing and spreading so beautifully across the ground. And everything just looked so lush back there. And I just had this feeling that was where I should go. Which is awesome. And I did follow you
0: uh, to the <laughs> tune of something like 60 Bug Bites. But Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once we were back there, it was really nice. Yeah, the atmosphere completely changed. It totally shifted, like a 180-degree shift, and it was very quiet. And the, all you could hear was the rustling of the leaves, and the light filter was nice. And when you looked back in that from that direction towards the main patch, you all you saw was lush mugwort and leaves blowing in the breeze. And it was very quiet and still and sheltered. And that's what I love about the energy in that space of the yard because the rest of the yard you mentioned is very loud.
1: It is. (laughs) It really is. It's crazy. Uh, The rest of the yard outside of the witch garden and outside of the space behind it that we were in where all of the ivy grows and alongside the fence and next to all of the trees, it is very loud. There are, yeah, there are birds singing there are birds squawking there are hawks screaming there are bunnies dancing around in the yard <laughs> uh, there know, are squirrels
0: throwing acorns there are squirrels <laughs> there are
1: cicadas singing their songs and there's traffic outside yep. that you can hear but there's a lot going on yeah
0: and the the energy of the yard here tends to be one of the Socialization, vibrancy, camaraderie—we spend a lot of time as a collective household in the backyard. Um, you know, sharing the space and our energy with company, and whether it's like throwing beanbags around, or um, you know, like using the space to like read or listen to music or play darts—like it's a very communal, vibrant space. And this one section of the yard, by comparison, very small has been the sort of like tranquil space and it was nice to reconnect with that for a few minutes and sort of step out of the noise and into the tranquility and be like okay there I wasn't crazy there is a distinct difference and the feeling in the main bed of the witch garden is off and the feeling around it is still there but something is wrong in that in that sort of centralized area
1: yeah it definitely feels like something is up there, so we decided to do something about it, yeah
0: <laughs> we we decided like really smart podcasting witches who <laughs> learned nothing from episode one <laughs> to take the Ouija board down and try and connect with the with the space and with the spirit with the energy there and uh and just I don't know, just honestly to see what happened more than anything. Uh, to see if we could reconnect with something that was there, because, uh, yeah, because it just it felt off, and I couldn't quite put my finger on why.
1: Yeah, I think that we still can't really put our finger on why, but we did. We, I mean, we feel we feel like we contacted some. Buddy, yeah.
0: Something. So we we spread a nice wool blanket out next to, like, in the main area where the garden used to be, between what is now essentially a compost patch and <laughs> uh, Nimbus's <laughs> resting place. And we brought uh, with us some sage from my garden and um, some dried mugwort, a, a smoke cleansing stick. And so we burned some herbs and. We brought with us also a big chunk of Labradite and for grounding and for sort um, of, it's just a bit of a psychic blocker, self-protection, because you never know when Tazim might show up. And, and then we also had a sort of our, what I would call a happy-go-lucky stone collection. So a citrine, uh, some fool's gold, and a rose quartz to just sort of bring a happy, like energetic vibe to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. And once we had laid everything out and sat down, uh, it, it started feeling pretty peaceful over there.
0: It did. It did. You also offered it some Frenette. I did, and, and which I drank. And it being the garden. Yes, <laughs> but, which I drank. Yep.
1: For the garden. For the garden.
0: We didn't <laughs> We didn't give it to the garden and then drink it. If you are curious about, <laughs> about our experience with Ouija boards and what a Tizim is and why we have special shots and that sort of thing for the Ouija board or uh, any of that, you can go back to episodes one and two to check that out. But, yeah, we, we did all the things we like to do when when we're a couple of, you know, late
1: 30s dorks yeah. sitting in the... Broad daylight. (laughs) Just playing with a Ouija board. (laughs) With the Ouija board in the yard. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, yeah, we asked it a lot of the basic questions. You know, is there anyone here? Spirits of the Garden? Are you listening? Do you have a name? All of those types of things. And
1: we got a very weak response overall. It was a very weak response, and at one point after, I mean, we were probably sitting there for a good, like, five minutes or so, I would say, before you pulled the Labradorite away.
0: Yeah, I did. I just felt like, I felt like there was something that was trying to communicate, or there was a vibe or an energy, and and the Labradorite sort of being front and center felt like maybe because the. Lack of better terms, the signal was so weak. I felt like maybe it was blocking more than it was helping.
1: The signal was really weak, and as you were doing that, I'm I kind of remembered. I'm pretty sure you did that in the last episode that we did a Ouija session, and we were ta- we ended up talking to to Zim. I think that you did have the Labradorite out there. You did end up taking it away. And it did end up helping something to come through.
0: Yeah, I honestly can't remember if I did or not. I know I've used the I use that often when I'm doing any type of reading as just sort of a grounder, uh, so that should I need to disconnect from something, especially during readings for other people or with other people? Uh, but yeah, I, I think that we got a, like we got a little bit of a something.
1: We got a little bit of a something. We got a a few yeses. We got some random letters that didn't really mean anything. Um, I did get the nauseous feeling that I get sometimes, which makes me think that something is there.
0: Yeah, you got that um, when we went and explored the graveyard back in our yeah. our graveyard episodes as well. Which that oh, like knowing that you got that sort of same feeling, and that's something that we can sort of trust and and rely on. Because I didn't feel a lot of connection to a particular presence or energy, I did feel like something was trying to s- like say something, but was either shy or or muffled. But uh, I am gonna like do a little bit of like I don't know a little light like, snooping around on the internet and see you know we got what we think maybe some initials or that sort of thing and see if I can find out anything. About you know maybe past owners of the house or anything like that, but that's a great idea. I think the biggest thing was that at the end of the reading, it didn't feel sad anymore. No, and and honestly, whether we connected with something using a Ouija board or not, the fact that that space no longer felt overwhelmingly stifling like sad sick like I think I've actually avoided going to that particular area because it just fell off like I right. like I'd go to like visit Nimbus or something like that but like I wasn't hanging out there I was like ugh, it's kind of
1: icky Yeah, it almost seems like maybe it just needed a little life kind of hanging out in there for a while to to perk it up a little bit. Because you're right, that that initial feeling of sorrow that we had when we went in there earlier in the day, it, it felt like it had lifted.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just, the light was better and it just felt like there was a bit of a rejuvenation. And I recognize, you know, I did a lot of taking from that space this season without a lot of giving back. I physically took dirt, I took plants out of there, I covered them up, I put dead plants back in and i and I buried a pet and the burying the pet I think does have an effect it's not as as death and decay as I think it sounds you know we we laid a loved one to rest in a very peaceful spot, but it's still requiring of the earth and requiring of that space, so I think it's. It was a nice reconnector, on, you know, that space also needs some attention and to give a little bit of my energy back into the witch garden.
1: I think that that's wonderful. And I think that's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Uh,
0: on on a positive note on the witch garden, oddly enough, uh, the one thing that did randomly grow there this season is the St. John Mort.
1: Yeah, dude. And, and today, we saw those little red rust spots on yeah, it. Yeah!
0: so <laughs> Not a ton, but a little. <laughs> there, there are a couple of little red spots that are starting. Yeah. And uh, they they were supposed to show up on like August 28th, I think is the actual day. 28th, 29th. 28th, 29th. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And they were like the blood of the beheading of St. John, I think.
1: Yeah, something something along those
0: lines. So, um, you can go back and check out our St. John's Wort episode, but um, Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to play with that witch garden space now going forward and I think maybe we'll take a, take a little break, just a tiny break and come back and share maybe some of the things that, you know, we'd like to do with that space and, and like, how do you cleanse a witch garden? And, you know, how is that going to be different than maybe, like, getting some bad juju out of out of a bedroom kind of thing? <laughs> because it's a big open space. Like, I can't just smoke cleanse
1: it. <laughs> it is a big open space, and it is open to energies other than your own. So, a little more complicated, maybe.
0: Yeah. So, we'll share some ideas
1: uh, when we come back. Totally. We will see you so soon, witches.
0: Hey, welcome back <laughs> <laughs> uh, We got the giggles on our own little break <laughs> It's good though, it's good to giggle
1: Yeah, <laughs> we, are, we are quite the gigglers often
0: <laughs> So, if you've been listening and following along Not just jumping in randomly at, I don't know, minute 43 or whatever this ends up being <laughs> Uh <laughs> We've been chatting about the witch garden and the vibe feeling off, but now it's starting to feel a little better after sort of reconnecting with it uh, and the using the Ouija board. And that sort of leads me into the, the now what. <laughs> so, you know, it feels less sad, but I don't think the work is done there. And I wanted to just sort of discuss and share and bounce around some ideas that Lindsay and I have on, like, how do we how do we rejuvenate that space how do we get it back to the sort of quiet solitude peaceful earthy witchy vibe that is housed by the back fence with the ivy and used to be that entire lot how do we get that out of the earth again
1: you know i i agree with what you were saying earlier in that you you took some stuff out of there, over the past you know several months to to use in other areas of the yard. You took out some dirt. You took out some plants. I am a big believer in if you are taking anything from any space of the earth, that you need to give something back.
0: Yeah, I think that is a great rule of th- uh, of thumb to live by, and I definitely I didn't do that and. I think I took too much without replenishing the energy that was there. And that's my mistake. So now I need to, like, make amends. And I don't know. Is it as simple as just putting some energy back in? Uh, You know, do I have to plant something new? Do I need to, like, burn the whole thing down and start over?
1: (laughs) Well, oh, I, I think that burning the whole thing down is probably out of the question. I really, I really think that, yeah. that that's an extreme measure that you wouldn't really have to do unless you were putting something very negative in there to begin with. Fair. Um, I think that you know, planting something new is a great place to start.
0: I I think that that's where I'm leaning toward is planting something new, and one of the things that is sort of continuously sort of scratched at the back of my mind is when we buried Daphne in the space we planted a Daphne bush and we have buried Nimbus in the space and we haven't planted something for him uh, and and I don't know still like what that is I think that there's like an appropriate plant for everyone but I don't know what the one for Nimbus is exactly but something needs to be planted on that space because right now it's you know it's settled it's But it's just sort of this, like, you know, sad, empty grave space. And graves should have something to remember them by. So maybe it's not even planting something. Maybe I just, like, paint a bunch of rocks and decorate it with rocks or something. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. As far as the rest of the space around it goes, that, you know, kind of died off a little. Um, I think that you could, if you wanted to plant something in there, you could. Something that would already... You know, maybe you plant a little bit more of something that could possibly naturally sprout up in there. Or maybe you wait and see next spring what sprouts up in there. Because something could very well fill that space.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely don't want to cluster it too much. Like, I don't want... Uh, or t- uh, clutter, I guess was the word I was looking for there. Yeah. I don't want to clutter it too much. I, it's always been this wild space when there wasn't a garden in there that was a cultivated vegetable garden. It was a very wild space the last couple of years, and I really want to respect that. So I don't want to suddenly go in and be like, there's lilies and roses, and I've put down like crushed gravel, and like, look at my beautiful garden. Like, that's not the vibe of this particular area. It's very self sufficient. It's very overgrown. It's wild. It's a little romantic, usually. And I kind of want to keep with that vibe. So you're right. Anything that does get planted should feel natural in that space. And you mentioned when we were sort of chatting before we started recording uh, that burdock may be a good option because burdock is a plant that grows there already. It's a medicinal plant where people believe that could be used for everything from. From putting it in, like, your milk to cure cancer to uh, using it for acne and asthma. And it's edible. I've had it pickled. It's delicious pickled. (laughs) 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 But uh, magically speaking, one of the things for burdock is that it's used for protection and magical healing and to ward off the evil eye. And I feel like maybe a little extra burdock in that space would be... Like a good little protector.
1: Yeah, dude, absolutely. And like you were saying, it does grow like wildly, you know, kind of throughout the yard. So I yeah, wonder if it's yeah. something that you could, I, I'm not sure how it grows. Like if it. If you just it, dig
0: up the root and you move it over.
1: <laughs> yeah, that totally works. You yep. could absolutely do that. Um, I'm not sure if it if it could end up spreading on its own next spring. Yeah, I, it
0: it does. It does spread. It's kind of like mullen. It'll just sort of spread itself around. It spread through its seeds. Uh, I think that that's a great place to start. I may go on a little walkabout, and I don't, I'm a little bit anxious of introducing the energy of somebody else's yard into the yard. So I don't think I'll dig up like my neighbor's burdock. But oh yeah. But I bet I could find a plant somewhere else in the yard just move it over. I mean, that would be, be weird. Like,
1: you go over anyway, here. Anyway, <laughs> just like going into your neighbor's yard at <laughs> night and digging up some wild plant <laughs> to put in your yard. That's <laughs> that's, that's that's weirder than ah, even we that's, usually that's are. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Don't steal your neighbor's plants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Giving it some thought I, also made me think of... Uh, this sort of very overgrown and wild space that grew next to my parents' yard growing up as well. And it was sort of the like outfield of an old baseball field. But it was just this big dirt lot, essentially, that got overgrown. And it was full of things like scotch broom and goldenrod and lupins. And I don't know that lupins are the right choice because they're incredibly invasive. Uh, but I do feel like that... That space on the side yard could have a reintroduction of something like wild like that. Yeah. That doesn't need a lot of attention that can like sort of spread itself around, but mingles and plays nicely with others. Because I don't want to smother the mugwort and I don't want to smother the, you know, the garlic mustard in the spring or the St. John's wort or anything like that. But I want something to grow there that isn't just more brambles.
1: I, I have to say, I really am interested in seeing what pops up next spring because there are also this year over there now, these like weird, long grassy patches that look oh, like they right. could be flowers of some yeah. sort. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They look like the leaves that are left behind by like snowdrops and stuff yeah. like that. So, absolutely. The, you know, that may be the answer. Just cleaning the space up a little bit more, giving it some attention, uh, making it feel a little bit more wholesome and letting it self-rejuvenate over the winter and come back next spring one of the things I do think I want to do is in giving it a little attention is fence off the little section that I've sort of dubbed my compost area oh, yeah. uh, just just so that like it is a little like it, there's a little barrier there between its decay and the rest of the garden. And its decay is good decay. Like, it's it's there for the purpose of generating new, rich, earthwormy, full soil. And when I took the dirt out of that space, th- I actually found my first ever two... Uh, jewel-toned beetles <gasps> they were like the, the like shiny turquoise green ones that's so cool yeah they were very cool so there's there is life in that space it just needs a little attention and i think along with the little compost barrier uh i i love wind chimes and i know everyone around me for a four block radius that could hear them will hate wind chimes. <laughs> so I am not going to hang wind chimes, but I I've always loved the sort of walking through a witchy wood with the idea of like seeing wind chimes or things hanging in the trees like like little bone mobiles or um or, or like feathers or dream catchers or like the idea of like handmade things hanging in trees in witchy areas like that and just being
1: like oh a witch must have lived here because somebody hung some spoons in a tree or something. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, so there are definitely sounds from wind chimes that are better than others, though. So you could... You know, but like the, like but the it's an all-in. The sound so much better than the shitty metal ones. Yeah, that's fair.
0: <laughs> but it is an all-in sound for everyone around you. Yes, it is. And I love it, but I get that, you know, maybe not everybody does. But I do think something adjacent to wind chimes. I will... I have some beautiful driftwood pieces that I think I may make into some sort of like woven hanging thing and find a nice quiet space there to hang it. It'll be more just for a almost a like a self blessing of like a witch lives here.
1: yeah, absolutely. and this
0: this space is protected and cared for by somebody that loves it and the souls in it very much. Um, and maybe it won't feel as neglected.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that whatever you choose to put in there is going to be appropriate for the space and for the intents that you're setting for the space. I think it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I think I think it'll be great. Uh, so... We'll, we'll see how it
0: goes and we'll keep you updated. It probably won't be an overnight, <laughs> like next week we'll have a brand new fresh update for you. But as we continue to see changes in the Witch Garden, I will happily report back on what's going on. Especially, you know, n- with the fall and, and things sort of w- like settling down and winding down and feeling extra spooky and all of that sort of stuff. I think this is a great time to sort of rejuvenate that and reclaim that space. Yeah. For positive intentions.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Sweet. Well,
0: we have started coming to the end of the episode.
1: We have.
0: I know. But, that being said, we have a bit of a treat. Yes, we oh, do. Oh, oh. My gosh! So, was that so hawk? listeners, yes, I'm so sorry. Uh, the hawk just swooped down like a half a foot from the balcony, and that scared the shit out of me. Yes, <laughs> I did that oh earlier God. too. I got really close. Yeah, I I thought it was going to fly into the side of the house behind you. <laughs>
2: Wow. If it had, <laughs> and it had fallen
1: down, I would have swiped it up and given it a speech. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to share with everyone <laughs> is that we have a Panda Watch Corner! Yay!
1: <laughs> Oh, you guys are, oh, Panda Watch? Yeah. Panda oh. Watch. Yeah.
2: <laughs> guys, guys, witches, Ronnie, <laughs> Lindsay. Dan. Dan. I have jacked in Engineer Dan's engineer corner directly into the Panda Watch feed.
0: Sweet. So, if you if you don't know, just as, a I guess, a recap, if this is your, like, first episode and you haven't been following along, the Smithsonian Zoo? Yep. Yeah, the yeah. Smithsonian Zoo has welcomed a new baby panda, um, yet unnamed, as far as I know. But
2: yeah, they're waiting we've to been see following if along. They're waiting to see if it's a boy or a girl. And baby pandas do tend to come out of the oven a little on the rare side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, so Mama Panda gave birth to a stick of butter <laughs> sized panda and a couple of weeks ago. And pink stick of butter. (laughs) 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 But yeah, our resident panda has an update
1: for us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So baby's doing great. As you can hear.
1: Is that the honking?
2: (laughs) That's baby panda.
1: (laughs) Baby panda. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So what's
2: happening on the panda cam right now is mom will swaddle baby panda. And keep it warm and safe. <laughs> and oh my God. mom has put baby panda down and has left to the den.
1: Oh, uh, that's why it sounds all <laughs> irritated. Mama's, <laughs> Mama's like, I need five minutes to shower. Five minutes, right? <laughs> Don't come into the bathroom, baby panda. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How does something so small make such a big noise? It is such a big noise. <laughs>
2: It's saying, Mama, Mama, please come back. I am cold and I need you to hug me. Aww. Aww. I speak panda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very persistent. It's like a baby bird. It's got a, one noise, one squawking yes. noise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it'll make that noise when oh mo- <laughs> when mom leaves. It'll keep making that noise until mom comes back. So mom oh has left God. the den, put it down on the ground, left the den, has gone out to get a drink of water. But mom will be back very, very shortly. And the first thing mom does when she comes back in, she scoops up baby panda. And she then turns around and sits down on her bum and just, like, puts the baby panda right up under her jaw and just sort of, like, swaddles and cuddles it and makes it Aww. warm again.
0: Such a good mom. It's pretty cute, yeah. So <laughs> it's not just sweet mom.
2: Right now, mom's being awesome to Baby Panda. Baby Panda is starting to show uh, its markings.
1: Oh. So what
2: we can look forward to over the next couple of weeks is Baby Panda is going to start getting uh, its unique little panda markings. It's already got some black circles forming around its eyes. Aww. Aww. And it's starting to fill out and pretty soon <laughs> uh, pretty soon mom will be able to leave without hearing that sound and then she'll know baby baby panda's all grown up. Aww. Yep.
0: And but baby panda's gonna hang out with mom for a while, right? Like they don't just they're not like, Oh cool, uh you can stand up on your own now, so see ya.
2: <laughs> uh they I mean the parental instincts of a of a of a of a bear. Uh as we've all I'm sure seen videos of black bears and brown bears and such defending their They're cubs. Pandas can be very aggressive and very protective. And so, just much like any other mama bear, mama panda bear is going to uh, baby that thing until it's old enough to walk on its own two legs. And then uh, she'll take care of it a little longer. And then they'll probably separate them and move this new baby to a different zoo.
0: Aw, so cute. Yep. (laughs) As soon as the
2: panda (laughs) becomes independent and mom has done a good job raising baby panda... And that time, I believe it was your original question, how long would that take? It varies. But right now things are moving along very well.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I appreciate the panda noises. Panda. <laughs> <The> panda <update. laughs> we
2: got a panda corner. Over here. <laughs> yep, I, I, I hacked into I, the feed, Ronnie.
0: I love <laughs> I love that. Um it's not too far off from the honking that was described. Yeah, Mm -hmm. from Uh,
1: Mama Panda to say that she's with child. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mere
0: minutes before she squishes one out. (laughs) Yep.
2: Yep. Pandas, you know, we do what we want. (laughs) We do what we want, <laughs> but we are above and beyond, kind to ourselves and kind to those that are kind to us. Aww. That's the panda way.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> well, we love the little baby panda. Can't wait to to see uh, what they end up naming it and what its little markings look like. And good job, Mama Panda. Good job, Mama
1: Panda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Before we sign off for today. We also wanted to say thank you. We got some listener mail this week, and we had a listener do the suggested Oracle card interview from episode forty-three, and um, essentially give I- interview, give their uh, give an interview to their Oracle deck to get to know it, and has some interesting, fascinating results. We have read your mail, and we will respond. In kind, appropriately. We like to do that together, so sometimes it takes us a while to write you back, but uh, that's only because we want to do it together. Yeah, totally. But and, oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, But so psyched to get that mail and so psyched that you took the suggestion and went the way of Ronnie and, and did that interview with her cards. Yeah, Super I, cool. I,
0: I hope it was useful. Lastly, on the mail front, you still have time plenty of time to drop us a line at 5c2ppod or 5c2ppod at gmail and let us know that you would like to get your very own pussy package. That's yeah. right. I decided to call them Pussy Packages. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm, I'm all about that, man.
0: <laughs> um, so we want to support the USPS, and we will send you a lovely little letter, a lovely little package with some little goodies just for you. Each one will be different And you can let us know. Maybe it's for yourself. Maybe you're sending something special, a surprise for a loved one or a friend. Um, Just let us know. Drop us a line. We'll do all the work. You receive all the mail. And the postal service gets our, I don't know, whatever a stamp costs. (laughs) 50 cents. Whatever a stamp (laughs)
1: costs.
0: (laughs) But it's just spreading a little good cheer around. So if you have already requested a little uh, uh, mail parcel, a little mail package from us, they are on their way. And we've been very excited to get those requests. Hope to have a whole bunch more. We will continue to do this through the month of September. We may, we may, just may, have cooking. A new surprise for the month of October.
1: Totally, dude.
0: But you'll have to wait until October to hear it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) hang out with us
0: for the rest of the fall. Disclaimer as well, coming up on fall episodes... We just, we love fall so much. And we get that witches and Halloween are not always the same thing. You don't have to love, like, horror movies and jack-o'-lanterns just because you're a witch. Um, And because you love those things does not make you a witch. But we happen to be both. So... yeah. We are so stoked about fall and fall vibes and spooky things that it's going to be like eight weeks of ghost stories and cryptids and spooky vibes, whatever we can get our hands on, whatever inspiration comes to us. But strap in, it's going to be a bit of a spooky
1: fall. (laughs) Oh, no, she (laughs) did it. I did it! (laughs) She did it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: yes (laughs)
0: so request some mail tune in next week I guess check in on us to see what spooky thing we've come up with but (laughs) until then no pervs no Nazis totally
1: panda smooth (laughs) noise Ooh. <laughs> ah, ah, oh
2: God.
1: <laughs> That crow
0: swallowed a panda <laughs>